This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. As they straighten past the quarter pole, three quarters in one minute 12.48 seconds. Olympiad, Silver Prospector, these two battle for it with one furlong to go. Olympiad just in front of a game Silver Prospector. Then Miles D. Obesos untreated on the front outside with Happy American. They're close to home with Junior Alvarado. Olympiad pulled away to win the Mineshaft Stakes by nearly three. Silver Prospector was second, Miles D third, and Obesos finished fourth. Now here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with Bob Nastanovich. We've got a dozen races to look at from around the country this weekend, Bob, including a couple of big Kentucky Derby preps, the Risen Star at Fairgrounds and the Sunland Derby at Sunland Park. Yeah, no, the the Risen Star is especially deep. I think there's uh, at least a half dozen horses in there that have Kentucky Derby aspirations and uh, several kicking off their 2024 campaigns. Well, folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's that easy. Amwager is a wagering platform that's loaded with valuable tools and features, including odds charts, odds predictions, and much more. You'll also get free access to Form to Win, a revolutionary app that analyzes past performance data in just minutes. So go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, well, there's a huge card at fairgrounds tomorrow, and I hope they get some decent weather. It's supposed to rain pretty much on and off all afternoon and evening tonight, as well as throughout the night and throughout the morning, and then probably stop somewhere around post time, but that certainly could have an effect on what the track conditions are uh, in New Orleans tomorrow. Nevertheless, six stakes on tap tomorrow, the first of which is race number eight. It's the Colonel Power for four-year-olds and up sprinting five and a half furlongs on the turf. And all we can do right now is guess that the race may still be on the turf. We have no idea. It depends how much rainfall comes down. Field of nine gathering for the Colonel Power. I can tell you our friends at Amwager using form to win uh, have number five, Sosua Summer, as the top selection in the race. Three to one on the morning line, coming off a win in the Kenner last time out. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously there's concern about the weather down there for, for a lot of reasons. I think basically handicappers and uh, fans can expect a sloppy seal, definitely a muddy surface uh, on the main track. You know, two of the first three races in this segment are scheduled for the grass. Um, I contacted uh, my buddy down there, trainer Grant Forrester. Um, it was, you know, kind of, he obviously he's got his finger on the pulse. Um, and I asked him, do you think the races will stay on the turf tomorrow? And he basically said they'll do everything they can do to keep the stakes on the turf, even if it's yielding turf. But he'd say, from what he's looking at, it's very 50-50 right now. So... That didn't really clarify things too much, but at least, you know, I kind of wanted to find out if they're definitely going to take them off. Um, This race, five and a half on the grass, is the usual suspects, you know, that we we see in these races. There's one real interesting new shooter, and that's the nine-horse mischievous Rouge, but uh, I expect a hot pace in here. You know, Silent Poets in here, Charging, Just Might, who's pretty much a one-dimensional speedball, Pirate Rick. All really good horses. Um, kind of interestingly, uh, the uh, Lothenbach dispersal recently, uh, Bob Lothenbach, uh, who sadly died a few months ago, dispersed a lot of his stock at Fasig Tipton. And uh, Minnesota Ready was snapped up by Richard Colton and Tom Amos training. It'll be very interesting to see what he does. He's run third a couple of times, switches from Pesson to um, Amos. Um, so Sua Summers in here doesn't win often to justify today's short price, in my opinion. Um, my selection is going to be Mischievous Ruse, just a massive 2023. Brad Hernandez rides, reliable turf sprinter, hard-knocking sort, 
note the huge effort on December 2nd and off the turf and um, working really well at Turfway. So I expect Mischievous Rouge to win the race. All right. I think it's actually Mischievous Rogue, R-O-G-U-E, but I may be incorrect about that. Uh, I like Mischievous Rogue as well in this spot. You mentioned uh, I think you're right. Yeah, sorry about that. Last year has been in the money, uh, was in the money all eight races in 2023, including four wins. First try uh, at Fairgrounds, although it was trying to get on the turf last time out at Fairgrounds, a race that was rained over to the rain, main track. And I guess that's a positive note as well. If somehow they can't keep this race on the turf, Mischievous Rogue certainly looks like a horse that would handle a wet main track as well. But like you, Bob, I'm going to pick him on top. And we think he'll win the Colonel Power. He's a nice price on the morning line at four to one. Jumping forward to the tenth race on the card, the first of uh, a an all stakes pick five with a half million dollar guarantee. Uh, this is the Albert M. Stahl Memorial for fillies and mares, going a mile and a sixteenth on the grass, and uh, we've got a full field of thirteen entered for this race best value in the race according to am wager using form to win uh is number seven fancy martini who's eight to one on the morning line ran a clunker last time out but had won two in a row before that race uh certainly not going to be one of the favorites in this race the favorite on the morning line well creative cairo seven to two spirit and glory for bobby falcone and flavian pratt the actual favorites on the morning line at three to one yeah, no, Spirit Glory is the new shooter in here. Um, ran a bang-up second in the yellow ribbon at Del Mar August 12th. Uh, behind closing remarks, comes off of freshening. Been training right along at Palm Meadows. Obviously notable that Pratt takes the mount. Um, you know, I think basically um, one of the recurring themes uh, that you've mentioned several times handicapping these races the last year or so is that you feel like Southern California turf racing is a little bit subpar when it comes to the eastern half of the country. So based on that and the fact that Pratt rides for Falcote, I think that Spirit and Glory could very well be overbet. Um, Sultry Lass is an interesting entrant in here. Uh, lightly raced five-year-old mare. Only had four starts from Michelle Lavelle. Never raced on the turf. And uh, Jerry Romans Jr. and Michelle, they take a crack at the turf. Very well-bred daughter, Bernardini, out of a touch gold mare. Um, won nicely last time, an inspection of her pedigree. Her second dam was party-sided. who was by alleged. Won the grade one Phillies mile at Newmarket as a two-year-old. So she might take to the turf, but she'll really have to. She needs to step up big time to compete in here. I think that the uh, the horse that appeals most to me is Creative Cairo um, for Brereton Jones, or the estate of Brereton Jones, of course, Brereton's no longer with us either, but uh, she seems to love it down there at the fairgrounds. She ran a great race in the Marie Krantz on January 20th, uh, won rather easily. Definitely will stay on yielding turf. I mean, she's run a mile and a half at Keeneland, ran a big second there. Um, just admire, admirably consistent in the form of her life. The pick for me is the uh, sixth, uh, um, I'm sorry, the six-year-old man of the three-horse creative Cairo. All right, Creative Cairo certainly looks dangerous. I'm going to go a little bit uh, off the rails with number one, Watch This Birdie for Nacho Correas and James Graham. Uh, coming out of the Pego Hop, which uh, a lot of these uh, or some of these ran in and uh, ran well despite I, what I thought was not the greatest trip. Uh, having to race between runners a lot of the way, and I just didn't look to me like watch this birdie was super comfortable in this spot. Uh, should be able to save ground from the inside post. I think is capable of better than what she showed last time out, and I think the extra distance will help her chances. She's 8-1 to one on the morning line, and I think watch this birdie has a big chance in the Al Stahl Memorial. Race 11 at Fairgrounds tomorrow is the first of the graded stakes. It's the grade 3 mineshaft. These are four-year-olds and up, going to go a mile and a 16th on the main track. We've got a field of nine, very evenly matched field of nine going in the mine shaft. Best value of the race, according to Amwager, using form to win. Number seven, Money Supply, who's riding a four-race win streak, albeit against significantly lesser competition than what he's going to see tomorrow, but he is obviously in very good form. I'm not actually sure who's going to be favored in this race, Bob. The morning line favorite is number three, best actor, but there are three or four of them in here who I could see being favored at post time. Yeah, no, based on connections, I can see uh, best actor also being morning line favorite. Um, 
It's Brad Cox and Flavian Pratt. You know, Gary and Mary West own this horse. He's in fantastic form. He's two best races of his life has been have been in his last two uh, September 21st Belmont and Aqueduct meet, and then uh, uh, Thanksgiving week at Churchill. Horse has great speed, um, five for nine lifetime. Um, but he's going to have to step it up. And really the key thing with him is his best performances are around one turn. He seems to absolutely love a one-turn mile. Last time he raced around two turns, he got beat in the Cowboy Jones at Ellis. Mm-hmm. Got you know pretty well beaten, got finished, uh, finished fourth in that race, the favorite. But yeah, on paper, he always gets bet. <clears throat> um, there's several horses in here that qualify for the expression uh, mudlarks. One of them is Notary, um, a son of uh, Street Sense, who's a half to Bridgetown. Just a very high-quality horse. Ran a huge race in the mud January uh, 26th at Oaklawn Park. WNL uh, returns to the races. As, uh, really just off of freshening at Gulfstream. Didn't run a jump in the Harlands Holiday. We'll need to get it back together. But he won the Remsen in 2022 on an off-track. And uh, before that, he broke his maiden on an off-track, so... The wet track might wake him up for Danny Gargan. Uh, money supply is kind of interesting. He's cross-entered. He's entered here on the on the main track, and then he's also entered in, in the turf stakes later on the card. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. It's almost like money supply has entered in that uh, turf stakes, um, you know, which is the uh, Albert Stahl Sr., uh, anticipating the race coming off of the turf it, it'll be interesting to see what you know what spot he shows up in but he definitely likes a wet track um i'm gonna i'm gonna keep the faith um in smile happy that's gonna be my pick smile happy really disappointed both of us bob on january 20th we thought he'd run a lot better and i think it looks like a classic case of uh the mcpeak barn maybe running a short horse that day I mean, he was training um in florida at his uh, base there, which he went back to, that's Silverleaf Hills in Summerfield, Florida, and looked to be perfectly primed for a huge effort. Very classy horse, but hadn't raced since July and really ran like he needed the race. I mean, he backed out of there. He got beat 10 lengths by Saudi Crown. Um, Red Route 1, who's in here, um, you know, so he's going to really have to return to his top class form for Brian Hernandez and, and Kenny McPeak, but uh, he's another who loves a wet track, ran a huge number um, at Oaklawn last March on a wet track, and I think you know he'll need to get his act together, but but I think he's just too good and too classy to run two clunkers in a row. That's my pick, the nine smile happy. All right, trying to wake the McPeak barn up. They've had a terrible meet thus far at fairgrounds. We'll see if it happens with Smile Happy. Uh, I went to the favorite best actor. I don't want to play him if he's less than three to one, but I agree with what you said, Bob. His last two races are his best, and I think they're good enough to beat this field, and he has run well on wet tracks already in his career. I think he'll be up either on the pace or near the pace, and I'll take best actor to take him in the mine shaft tomorrow at Fairgrounds. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're only halfway through the stakes action at Fairgrounds. We've got the Fairgrounds, the Rachel Alexandra, and the Risen Star to talk about. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. We have the world at our fingertips, inspiration in our touch, and power in our hands. Our hands, gentle enough to hold the next generation, yet strong enough to build movements that can change the world. Our hands can build relationships, frame ideas, and empower communities. We have the ability to share and imagine, create and comfort, love and heal the world around us. And it doesn't stop there. Right here, in our hands, we have the power to save a life. If you see a teen or adult suddenly collapse, call 911 and push hard and fast in the center of the chest. The power is in your hands. 
Anthem Foundation is the proud national supporter of the American Heart Association's hands-only CPR campaign. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Noontime Spender. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. And now Rachel Alexander's opening up. Five legs on the field. Six. Oh, a tour de force by the Super Philly. Rachel Alexander. Kevin Morell isn't moving up. That's the ladder. She's going to destroy this field. Oh, Super Philly. You bet. What's the final margin? She might have won by 20. Rachel Alexander was absolutely spectacular in one minute 48 and four fifth seconds stone legacy was well beaten in second and finishing third there was flying spur unbelievable that was tom durkin on the mic back in 2009 he was right rachel alexandra did win by 20 lengths in fact i think it was 20 and a quarter the official margin of victory in the grade one kentucky oaks that year Rachel Alexandra has a nice race named in her honor tomorrow out at the fairgrounds. It is a points qualifier toward this year's Kentucky Oaks. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Before we get to the Rachel Alexandra, we've got the Grade 3 Fairground Stakes, which goes as race number 12. Four-year-olds and up going to go a mile and an eighth on the turf. Bob, full field of 12 entered in here. Uh, Am wager using form to win. Say the best value in the race is number 11, Gigante, who's riding a two-race win streak coming into it. Morning line, though, says that the top two finishers in the Colonel Bradley, strong quality and beatbox, are the two to beat once again in the fairgrounds. Yeah, no, um, Gigante is a good friend of mine. I've had some success following him in the last several months. I just have a sneaking suspicion that he might want quicker ground as best... um, his best races come in the summertime, seemingly on, on pretty quick turf. Uh, he did run uh, very well here uh, and uh, at, a, at, a, at a nice price of uh, just over 3-1 to one in the wood chopper. So he was kind of running away from the field at the end in that race. And one by a neck was the official uh, margin. But to me, he was sort of clearly best. Um, you know, I'm concerned about the obvious um if they stay on the turf which is obviously a key aspect of all these turf races um whether or not he'll like um a very soft or yielding turf course beatbox is a horse kind of interesting Joel rosario chose this horse over uh chasing the crown a live horse from the maker barney sticks with the uh, sherry devoe trainee beatbox who's run two great races um, in a row, uh, but, but came up second both times, um, lost to two Emmys. December 23rd, got beat ahead by a strong quality. Who's in here? Um, looks like a strong quality will control the pace. As I mentioned before, got the race wrong, but uh, money supply um, is cross-centered. And he's entered here. It's a pretty clever entry. So if this race comes off the turf, uh, the seven horse in here, money supply from the Joe Sharp barn. Uh, looks like he might might lay over the field on the wet track. He's, he's you know, he's won his last two races on a wet track and, and definitely likes it, including this wet track uh, going a mile and an eighth on December 2nd. So um, very interesting to see how that all plays out. But the selection is strong quality. He's, he's drawn in the three hole. Uh, well-drawn for a front-runner here. Uh, Florent Giroux is just an excellent front-end rider. Uh, strong quality goes well on anything, no matter what they run this race on. I think he'll definitely fire and he'll control the pace. Uh, will he stay a mile and an eighth? Uh, that's the question mark. But if he has it all his own way, you know, this very attractive son of quality road might be very tough to uh, reel in for Gary Barber and Kinsman Stable. So the pick is the three strong quality. Okay, I went to the two chasing the crown. I know Rosario probably had his choice and opted off chasing the crown to stick with beatbox. Jareth Loveberry's having good meat 
and he's a solid rider. He's not the name that Joel Rosario is, and that's probably going to give you a little bit of a better price on Chasing the Crown. I'm not 100% sure Chasing the Crown wants a mile and an eighth. He'd be maybe more of a miler, mile and a sixteenth, but he's the right price for me, and he just fires big every time he goes to the races. I think he's ready to step up into the stakes competition, and because he's been running against allowance races and Rosario's not on, we should get every bit of the eight to one that he is morning line, and to be honest, just about every race he runs, I think, would make him at least some sort of a contender in the fairground stakes tomorrow, so I'm going to take chasing the crown at a nice price of eight to one. The 13th race is the grade two Rachel Alexandra for three-year-old Phillies going a mile and a 16th on the main track field of seven here points qualifier toward this year's Kentucky Oaks and the uh, pick according to Amwager using form to win top selection here is actually number one Tarifa who uh, has, has looked really good in two of her three starts, but she's five to one on the morning line. It's an interesting race, Bob. You've got a comebacker for Kenny McPeak in VB's dream, who looked like she was going to certainly going to be one of the ones going into the rags to riches, but she really laid an egg last time out. She certainly did. Um, you know, this is a recurring theme throughout uh, the weekend is, you know, this is obviously the biggest race. For three-year-old fillies, and it should be the grade two Rachel Alexandra, named after a legend who 15 days after the intro clip there won, of course, the Preakness from Mind That Bird and others, uh, just a once-in-a-generation filly. So it's cool that they've got some nice fillies. But the the recurring theme is this in the Sunland Park Oaks. We have a lot of really unexposed fillies who've shown plenty, um, you know, in the first couple of races of their lives that are stepping up now into the big time. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully these stakes races on, uh, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, the Sunland Park Oaks will uh, uh, clarify the division somewhat going forward. Um, Tarifa is very interesting, in her, but it is her stakes debut. She definitely seems to like her out of ground. She picks up Flavian Pratt, um, Giroux, um, chose to ride. Um, Alpine Princess, who's done nothing wrong. She won the untappable pretty comfortably, has speed. She beat West Omaha that day. West Omaha ran a great race and won the Silver Bullet Day. The next race in this series by five. Definitely started her stuff that day. Uh, Very talented daughter of West Coast. And Luis Saez uh, takes the mount back. Um, Panic is an interesting horse in here. I mean, this horse has done absolutely nothing wrong. Crushed two fields, but... That was going four and a half furlongs on Tapita and and five and a half on on the slop here. So she's got to make her stakes debut in a route. But uh, Gary Shearer right now can seemingly do no wrong. This is the daughter of Hardspun. So it'll be very interesting to see what she does. Uh, my pick is Intricate. Um, I love this filly, and I, I love her uh, potential on a wet track. I mean, she has as good a wet track pedigree as you'll see. She's by Gunrunner out of a distorted human humor mare. Um, Brendan Walsh looks like he has her ready to start her 2024. Um, her first, first lifetime start uh, was in a sprint, closed ground to finish fifth, and then she they stretched her out at Keeneland. She won easily going a mile on a 16th, and then she crushed a, a, a field of eight in the golden rod by five and a quarter. And obviously this is the uh, three-year-old filly of choice for uh, jockey Tyler Gaffleone. Um, and it's just, I think she's a pretty exciting filly. So um, my pick in, in here is really my favorite filly in the division outside the champ, just, F, just FYI. The, my pick is the four intricate. Okay, I, I thought Vivi's dream as a two-year-old had run better races than any of these three-year-old fillies have run thus far in their career. I thought her win in the Pocahontas and her runner-up finish in the Alcibiades are both good enough to beat this field. I don't know what happened in the Rags to Riches. Listen, if she didn't like a wet track, she's going to have a little bit of an issue tomorrow because there's probably going to be moisture in the track tomorrow. But I'm going to give her a break and just say that maybe she just laid an egg and uh, it just wasn't her day. Uh, She's come back to supposedly work well for her return to the races, although she only has five published works for her return. So it's not necessary. She won't necessarily fire her best shot tomorrow but uh, if she fires a good shot I think she's the one to beat 
I'm going to hit the all button if I'm playing horizontally, but for the sake of this, I'll pick VV's dream on top in the Rachel Alexandra. Featured race tomorrow at Fairgrounds is the grade two risen star for the three-year-olds going a mile and an eighth goes as race 14. Big field of 12 gathering here. Several different ways you can go, Bob. For uh, Am Wager using form to win, picks number three, Honor Marie, who was a uh, resounding winner of the Kentucky Jockey Club uh, at the end of his two-year-old campaign. Sierra Leone coming off that uh, very green second place finish in the Remsen last time out should take money hall of fame super impressive in a maiden win catching freedom monstrous win in the smarty jones and track phantom the actual morning line favorite and a two-time stake winner coming in to the risen star tomorrow yeah no honor marie's a an exciting horse you know the three horse in here uh, like you said makes his 2024 uh, debut son of honor code uh the star of the uh Young trainer Whit Beckman's uh, career so far um, definitely looks like he's working right along. Rafael Bejarano, his regular rider. It's great to see that Rafael has a live uh, three-year-old to ride. Going into the season, I think all eyes will be on Sierra Leone. Uh, just an amazing move he made in the uh, Remsen in the mud that day, going a mile and an eighth. Um, looked all over the winner and uh, Dornock dug in along the rail and it, i think it was more of a case of sierra leone thinking he'd done enough and won the race kind of slightly pulled himself up uh he returns for chad brown with blinkers on which is pretty notable and tyler gafflione takes them out for the first time he's been working well at payson hall of fame has really become a talking horse for the asmussen barn that maiden win uh really convinced a lot of people not really sure like in most maiden races, what he beat. Catching freedom always takes uh, tends to take a lot of money. And I've got a huge amount of respect for Track Phantom, who just has dominated um, the uh, this series so far. Um, really won with ease in the uh, gun runner and the uh, LeCompte. Uh, so definitely has an affinity, an affinity for the track. I'm not really sure what he's beaten, though. And uh, so he'll definitely have to step it up. Uh, my selection in here is a horse that I expect to be kind of a big price. He's 8-1 to one in the morning line. I think he'll go off in double digits. I think he'll be ignored. And I think he's a really tough horse. And that's the six-horse real men violin. Uh, Kenny McPeak trains him. He worked a nice bullet on February 2nd, best of 31 in uh, 59 three-fifths. Um, he's run four seconds, a third and has the maiden win. So he'll definitely need to improve. But obviously he's an incredibly honest son of Mendelssohn. He's out of a tappet mare. So I think a wet track will be to his advantage. His two best uh, races uh, to me are on a wet track, including his maiden win. And I think he pulls a surprise very much in the fashion of Mystic Dan. These are the same connections, Brian uh, Hernandez Jr. and Kenny McPeak. And to me, this looks like uh, Mystic Dan uh, revisited and I think real men uh, violin might surprise this group in the uh, Risen Star. All right, interesting there. Uh, I thought number four Sierra Leone's runner-up effort in the Remsen was uh, super impressive. Uh, either this horse just ran the best race he's ever going to run, or he just has no idea what he's doing right now. And uh, on just sheer talent and guts, he was good enough to be second on probably should have won the race. Uh, a lot of people think the horse who came back and beat him, Dornuck, is the horse to beat going to this year's Kentucky Derby as of right now. And Sierra Leone looked like he had him dead to rights at the top of the stretch. Uh, but second best that day. We'll see if he figures things out. Um, I, I was a little bit uh, shocked that Jose Ortiz was not still on him. I do know that it is Jose Ortiz bobblehead day tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. Now, I wouldn't think that he would forego <laughs> a chance at riding Sierra Leone in the Risen Star to sign bobbleheads at Gulfstream, but uh, who knows if uh, that has something to do with it, or maybe he was fired off Sierra Leone and Tyler Gafflione just got them out. Whatever it is, 
If Sierra Leone's four to one, that's good enough for me. I happen to think he's going to be lower than that, which may make me want not want to play the race, but he's my pick in tomorrow's Risen Star. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, there are more stake races around the country other than what we've just already talked about at Fairgrounds. We're going to head up the Mid-Atlantic to Laurel and head down to South Florida as well for some more graded stakes action. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races. Dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track or grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Daisy was abandoned by her family and placed in foster care at 15 years old. Her life was full of uncertainty. She thought she'd never have a permanent place to call home. Before I was adopted, I felt like I wasn't enough. I had this hole in my heart, and I never knew what I needed to patch that hole. But when my mom asked to adopt me, that hole was closed. It feels so normal now to say that I'm a part of this family. I am surrounded by love. I feel safe. And that hole inside of me is gone. I am whole. I'm finally enough just as I am. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is changing the lives of teenagers at risk of aging out of foster care. Like Daisy, every child deserves a permanent, loving home. You can help. Learn more at DaveThomasFoundation.org. Hi, this is jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front. And nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. They make the turn for home, and it's Imperial Hint and the General George with a two-length lead from a Fleet Willie Stahl. Walking Dude is targeting Imperial Hint, who's digging down for the final furlong. Stahl Walking Dude's coming relentlessly on the outside. Imperial Hint just keeps on giving for the final furlong. Ultra-sharp performance. It's Imperial Hint and Julian Pimentel, and they're scorching home in the General George from Stahl Walking Dude. Never gone south. Then Ocean Knight in Classy Class of Fleet Willie. That was Dave Rodman on the call back in 2017. The Grade 3 General George won by the good sprinter Imperial Hint. This year's General George is one of two graded stakes tomorrow out at Laurel. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. before we get back to the stakes action, it's time for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com. Well, here's one everyone's been waiting for. Breeders' Cup tickets on sale April 22nd. Tickets for the 41st running of the Breeders' Cup World Championships to be held November 1st and 2nd at Del Mar will go on sale Monday, April 22nd. Fans can sign up to receive ticket information at breederscup.com forward slash 2024. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. There's one website that's the industry's go-to site for racing, breeding, sales, and news. It's bloodhorse.com. From breaking news to race results, race replay videos, leading earner lists, sire lists, and so much more, you'll find it all at bloodhorse.com. The largest equine news site focused on owners and breeders with more than 5 million unique visitors a year, bloodhorse.com. And don't forget to check out Blood Horse Plus, offering exclusive content, including behind-the-scenes videos and interviews, weekly programs showcasing the industry's upcoming races and recapping the recent stakes and much more. It's on Blood Horse Plus. Short and sweet on that one, Bob, but I know everyone waits for the this date every year and uh, back first of back-to-back years at Del Mar for the Breeders' Cup in 24 and 25, and the 24 Breeders' Cup tickets once again going on sale Monday, April 22nd. I know that uh, people will be uh, buying them quickly. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, and one thing I can say about going to the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar, it's a great experience. I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I think you probably know that I'm the kind of guy that sits in the cheap seats. And um, I usually sit up pretty high there, you know, and uh, just inside the eighth pole, and you can see the Pacific Ocean and world-class racing. And it's just, I mean, it's just an amazing place. But they do a wonderful job there for a smaller uh, Breeders' Cup racetrack. And, um, you know, aside from my betting, I've thoroughly enjoyed the uh, the Breeders' Cup there. I bet, you know, me and Del Mar have always had a, a contentious relationship when it comes to me cashing tickets. It's been a battle royale, but... Uh, you couldn't have a better um, experience, um, and it's kind of you know pretty fair to everyone. Um, you know, we've had Japanese horses uh, win a couple of races. You know, the Europeans seem to do just well, uh, pretty well on the turf course there. So, pretty cool stuff all around. And uh, obviously, it's pretty early in the year, and there's a lot to look forward to between now and then, including this unusual Belmont experience at Saratoga, which has definitely caused a buzz amongst uh, racing fans. But, uh, yeah, nothing like the Breeders' Cup, and it's great at Del Mar. All right, back to the stakes action. We're going to head down to Gulfstream Park. Their Saturday feature uh, is the Grade 3 Royal Delta, named for the uh, Hall of Famer and two-time Breeders' Cup champ. Race 11 on the card tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. Phillies and Mares going a mile and a 16th. On the main track, big field of 11 gathering for the Royal Delta, Bob. Mary quite contrary in the race. Tizzy in the sky, 2-1 to one on the line for Pletcher and Irad Ortiz. Yeah, just to clarify, you were certainly correct there. My selection, the first race we talked about on the show, the Colonel Power. All due respect to Mischievous Rogue. I just wrote, it, wrote his name down wrong. I'm happy that we're both on the same horse and... Uh, Kind of interesting. Uh, you ended the last segment by saying that uh, Jose Ortiz stays put in Florida, where apparently he'll be signing his bobblehead in the rain all day. So uh, not in, it's kind of interesting that he's not on Sierra Leone. I didn't think he did anything wrong, but that'll be the uh, focus of uh, this weekend for uh, horse racing fans in this country, that Risen Star. I mean, it's a, it's a delectable renewal. Um, this renewal, the Royal Delta, is not, in my opinion. Um, I think there's a lot of horses in here that are decent, that are chasing black type. Um, all due respect to uh, Mary Quite Contrary, who's a track specialist. She's 7 for 10 at Gulfstream. Seems like we have her on quite often. She's kept pretty busy down there uh, for her current stable at Place of Junior. It'll be interesting to see uh, what owner-breeder um, Rodney Lundock, who's a vet, uh, does with her if she doesn't win this race because uh, if she's not winning easy, moves her. Um, I don't expect her to win here. I mean, uh, Iman Ra or Imanra, the nine horse in here, she definitely fits. Uh, I know you've picked Nostalgic in the past. I think she's a bit of a plotter. Um, Opus 42 is kind of a key horse in here in that she won the Wayward last and a lot of horses come out of that $50,000 race. I don't think that's spectacular form. Um, Tizzy in the sky is my pick. I can't oppose her. I mean, I, I just think she's in the right place at the right time. It's her first race outside of New York ever. It's Irad and Todd Pletcher. Um, she's a lightly raced five-year-old mare. She's training great at uh, um, Palm Beach Downs. And I uh, just, I mean, she, I think she'll control the pace, and I think she's got too much class. She finished second to a real good one, trained by Butch Reed, uh, called Dr. B in the Gopher Wand. And I think it's just a golden opportunity for her to get her uh, first uh, and highly valuable black type win in a, in, in, a, in a grade three race. So Tizzy in the Skies is a confident selection in the All World right. Delta. Okay, running short on time. I'm going to pick her as well. Let's go down to Laurel for their two featured races this weekend. Uh, they've got a back-to-back -back grade three, starting with the Barbara Fritchie, which goes as race eight tomorrow. Phillies and Mares sprinting seven furlongs on the main track. Field of nine in the Fritchie. And number seven, Bluefield, is the nine-to-five morning line favorite. Yes, yeah, Safi Joseph has a pair in here, Intrepid Daydream, uh, returns home um after you know kind of kind of it's basically a horse that i like to lose money on uh, bluefield or her elder stable mates in here uh michael dub has a real interesting homebred uh team russell there Brittany, uh, the trainer and sheldon the jock called apple picker 
Um, I can't believe uh, the morning line price on the butchery train disco Ebo. Uh, she's a fast horse. I mean, seven furlongs might be uh, the, as far as she wants to go. Clearly the best horse that uh, veteran jockey Frank, Frankie Pennington rides at the, at the moment. But uh, she's 10 for 20 lifetime. She's 10, 10 to 1 in the morning line. Uh, if he ships down there, it's going to be a cold, dry weekend in Baltimore. I think Disco Ebo, the four, will be hard to peg back. Okay, I went to the six Intrepid Daydream. She's been a lower price than Bluefield. Each of those two races at Gulfstream Park, and she finished just a little little behind Bluefield in both of those races. But I just don't think she ran her races at Gulfstream. I think getting back to the familiar familiar surroundings of Laurel will help her chances. Heavy on Toledo has ridden her several times to victory in the past, reunited with the Safi Joseph Jr. trainee. Intrepid Daydream, second choice on the morning line at 2-1 to one for me to win the Fritchie. Fee, the grade three General George goes as the ninth race tomorrow at Laurel. Four-year-olds and up sprinting seven furlongs on the main track. Field of seven going in the General George. You've got a couple of here that are going to vie for favoritism. Number three, Post Time, and number four, Nimitz Class. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what Nimitz Class does. I mean, he ran no sort of race and was overmatched in the Pegasus World Cup at, at Gulfstream January 27th. He finished eighth, beaten 19 by National Treasurer Senior Buscador and the rest of them. Uh, kind of interesting that he shows up here for Avian Toledo and and uh, and George Weaver. Um, definitely will get bet, but you know it, it's, it'd be interesting to see how he does over seven furlongs. There's just a top class um, sprinter in here called Post Time, and I, you know he's the kind of horse at this point, kind of a weaker division. Um, the 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 male sprinters in this country, in fact, the female sprinters took a knock. When Goodnight Olive um, got retired, um, retired sound, but still, you know, that cast that Philly uh, sprint division wide open. Post time might be one of the best sprinters um, in the country right now. He's six for seven, five for five at Laurel. Uh, love seven furlongs. It'd be interesting to see whether they, they stretch him out and put him in the direction of the dirt mile or the sprint. But to me, he just looks like a, a top-class son of Frosted, and he's just, uh, I think he'll be odds-on and, and, and very difficult to beat. The selection is the three post-time. Yeah, I like post-time as well. I think he's a, a really nice horse. I don't know if he's one of the best sprinters in the country, but I think he's the best sprinter in the general, George. By the way, number six, Greeley and Ben, needs a fourth-place finish or better to eclipse the million-dollar mark in career earnings. He's got just over $990,000 in the bank going into tomorrow's General George, and he is a 10-year-old gelded son of Greeley's Conquest. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, one more Saturday stake to look at, then a couple of Sunday stakes at Sunland Park. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. 
just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. They go inside the quarter, and he hasn't moved on firing line. Turns in front in the Sunland Derby, and it's Gary Stevens and firing line just toying with them. Firing line well ahead, and it's a battle for the miners. Tis now RJ, where's the moon on the outside? But this is an absolute exhibition of class and an amazing talent. Firing line is going to just go around like a hand canter and hits to Kentucky with so much promise, full of ammunition. Firing line by 15 lengths. Robert Geller, I believe, on the mic back in 2015, the Grade 3 Sunland Derby won by Firing Line. This year's Sunland Derby, the featured race on Sunday out at Sunland Park. Welcome back. Final segment on the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Folks, Am Wager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's that easy. Once again, go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager, built by horse players for horse players. Well, Bob, before we get to the Sunland Park action on Sunday, we are not quite done with Saturday. The featured race tomorrow at Oaklawn is the Dixie Bell for three-year-old fillies sprinting six furlongs. We've got a field of eight gathering in the Dixie Bell. A lot of up-and-coming, lightly-raced runners, and no more lightly-raced than the morning line favorite, number five, Galia Princess, who broke her, uh, broke her maiden in her career debut at Fairgrounds last time out. Yeah, no, this race is a lot like the race Alexander and the Sunland Park Oaks, and that we have a lot of fillies that have flashed form in their brief careers and are, you know, are going to have to step it up once they uh, start rolling into stakes company. And uh, this race... Often comes up this way. Usually have a couple of horses that uh, are well-bred, that have shown serious talent uh, in a maiden race or an allowance race. And and Gallia Princess fits that bill. I mean, she's by American Pharaoh out of a Medallia Doro mare. Um, won by a head at 6-1, to one, so she wasn't even close to being favored on January 20th. Um, actually, she was third choice in that race. Um, you know, she's going to have to step it up because there's some seasoned campaigners in here. This will be the resumption of the rivalry between Blue Squall from the Randy Morse barn and Tanya Showers from the Hartman barn. Um, Hartman uh, paid 125000 at Ocala for Tanya Showers last year. Randy Morse went down to the Texas two-year-old in training sale and paid $300,000 for this daughter of uh, Taprit Blue, uh, Blue Squall who broke her maiden January 26th at Oak Lawn. Um, basically, you know, Tanya Showers uh, finished uh, third behind her in an October 29th maiden and then beat um, Blue Squall in a maiden race on New Year's Eve at Oak Lawn. So uh, they're pretty similar on paper, and they both uh, handle their racing well. Um, Extreme Diva was the queen of uh, Canterbury Park last year, really a top-class Minnesota bred, if there is such a thing. Really got her, uh, um, got it handed to her in the Myrtlewood at Keeneland. I was there that day. She seemed kind of antsy in the paddock, flattened out at Oaklawn, but got back to her best uh, February uh, 2nd, so maybe she'll do better in calmer waters. Basically, you know, it's it's hard to read this race, but one thing about Tanya Showers, she's just an honest closer, and she was closing all the way in the Mockingbird. And if she runs back to that, I think that uh, Tanya Showers will make a nice uh, rally and pick all these up for uh, Chris Hartman and, and uh, Chris Landeros. Okay, I couldn't get past the favorite, Galia Princess. To me, the race she ran when getting her maiden victory is better than anyone in this race has ever run, and there's no reason she can't improve second start of her career uh, of course you know that doesn't necessarily happen all the time that second time starters run better than they do in their debut but i liked the way Galia princess looked last time out 
and I'm going to take her on top to win the Dixie Bell tomorrow at Oaklawn. Two important stakes on Sunday out at Sunland Park. They are Kentucky Oaks and Derby qualifiers, respectively. The first of which is the quarter-million-dollar Sunland Park Oaks for three-year-old fillies going one mile. It is a two-turn mile at Sunland Park, and it's race number seven on their card, a short but sweet field of six gathering in this race. Number one, Candy Isle for Todd Fincher is the two-to-one favorite. Yeah, it seems like we're following Joel Rosario all around the the, the country this weekend. He's going to ride both these big races uh, here, and they put up huge money. I mean, it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the Sunland Park Oaks. They have to be a little disappointed in the turnout. Um, Candy Isle has won, you know, all the all the New Mexican Stakes races. Uh, won October fourteenth at Albuquerque. Won at Zia night by a neck, and won here going six and a half. She's by gun runner out of a street crime mare, so she ought to enjoy the stretch out around two turns, and probably the one hole uh, might be a nice advantage there. Um, Simply Enchanting's a real interesting horse. She broke her maiden by a length at 6-1 to one at Santa Anita for Phil D'Amato. Notably, I'm sure you noticed this, Bob, this three-year-old filly by Nyquist is owned by my racehorse. Uh, she's 7-2 to two in the morning line. Uh, one thing I've learned from handicapping the races with you over the last uh, year or so is that these horses that are owned by my, my racehorse are overbet. And I don't care what level it is, it always seems to be the case. So expect shorter than the 7-2 uh, to price tag on her. Um, I went with a recharge. I mean, Steve Masmussen's done a great job shipping, uh, picking the right horses and shipping them out to uh, New Mexico over the last several years. Recharge is a homebred for Winchell. By gun runner out of remit. I saw remit uh, myself win a couple of stakes races at Prairie Meadows. She was a real nice filly. And she's been better as a broodmare. I mean, uh, uh, finite as a half to uh, recharge as a multiple grade two stakes winner by Munnings. And Reride, uh, her half-brother by Candy Ride, won the Mind That Bird Derby over this racetrack and is a stallion in Argentina. So my pick is the Rosario-ridden, Asmussen-trained Recharge, the five-horse in the Sunland Park Oaks. I think it's between your selection, Recharge, and number two, Simply Enchanting, who you spoke about. I just think that both of them are very, very talented, and neither one of them has lost yet. And uh, to me, they're both better bred to be better long than short. Recharge has already proven around two turns, winning at Sam Houston. Simply Enchanting, being by Nyquist out of a bluegrass cat mare, doesn't seem to me like a two-turn mile should be out of her scope, of uh, out, out of the realm of possibility for, uh, for her to run well. I think she can improve. Second start of her career, I'm going to take a chance on her at 7-2 to two on the morning line. Hope we get that price, as you mentioned, part owned by my racehorse. So who knows how many people uh, have a share in Simply Enchanting. But she looked good in her debut, and I think she has a big chance to take the Sunland Park Oaks. Ninth and featured race Sunday at Sunland is the Grade 3 Sunland Park Derby. Some places it's called the Sunland Park Derby. Some publications I've seen it known as the Sunland Derby. Whatever it is, it's the biggest race of the meet, and it's a Kentucky Derby points qualifier. Three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th. Field of eight gathering for the Sunland Derby, and the morning line favorite is the Phil D'Amato trainee, Stronghold. Yeah, $400,000 purse on top of everything else. Uh, kind of interesting that um, Bob Baffert um, hasn't turned up here with anything uh, from his stable. Um, he's definitely won races here in the past. Um, but in form Patriot, we'll start with Rosario. He rides for Asmussen again. Three-year-old Colt by Hardspun. Ran pretty well behind catching Freedom and the Smarty Jones. I think that'll have to step up on that effort. He is grade three placed. He finished third in the street since um, last year. Stronghold is kind of interesting, but he got beat by Winstock fair and square last time. Winstock went out and ran last in the southwest. It was a wet track, so you might be able to put uh, put a line for that effort uh, by Winstock. I'm going to kind of focus my handicapping on the uh, on the Allison Derby. That's the prep for the local prep for this race, January 19th. It was won by Lucky Jeremy. Uh, is a, a pretty attractive son of looking at Daw, uh, looking at Lucky. Bill Morey kept him right there at Sunland. This horse shipped out there from Trophy for the race. He was satisfied, kept him right there, obviously pointing for this $400,000 prize, 240000 of the winner. For this horse, who they got as a two-year-old for 50000 
My selection is going to be a horse that I expect to be a big price in here. Six to one in the morning line, I think I'll go off a way bigger price than that. That's the six a lot of luck. A homebred son of uh, Sir Prance a lot out of an Idaho bred mare called Kalinda Dawn. I thought he ran a really brave race. He was really fresh on the front end in that uh, January 9th prep here and uh, really dug deep and finished well clear of the uh, third place horse. I think a lot of luck if he improves, he might surprise him here at a huge price under Oscar Ceballos. All right, a lot of luck, 6-1 to one on the morning line. I went to the four, Lucky Jeremy. Uh, I like what I saw in the Riley Allison Derby last time out. I'm not a big fan of what I saw in the Los Al Futurity with Windstock and Stronghold. Didn't think that was much of a field going in. And uh, I know the speed figure was high for Stronghold, but I'm just not really believing it. Informed Patriot, I don't have any negatives about him. He's obviously a talented runner who never runs a bad race. But I like what I've seen from Lucky Jeremy, and I think he's going the right, tra- right way for Bill Morey and has already proven uh, round two turns on that oval at Sunland Park. I think he wins the Sunland Derby on Sunday. That's 12 races. Time now for the Amwager Best Bets. The, 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 the Amwager Best Bet. Best Bet. Okay, Bob, where are we going? Yeah, no, it's tough this week. Um, you know, there's it was it kind of it was kind of hard for me to like uh, feel real confident about a value play. I'm going to go with Tizzy in the Sky. I mean, Tizzy in the Sky to me lays over the field in the Royal Delta. She can transfer that form from New York to Florida in her Florida debut. The Irad Ortiz ridden Todd Pletcher uh, trained Tizzy in the Sky. Be hard to beat. I think she's got great speed, which we know is an asset at Gulfstream Park. That's my pick, uh, Tizzy in the Sky and the Royal Delta. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure she's going to make the lead, but I am sure that she's the one to beat in the race. And like you, Bob, I think Tizzy in the Sky is who I want to pug as my am wager best bet. Uh, She's 2-1 to on the morning line. Boy, that'd be a gift if she was 2-1. to Yeah, it would be. Simply put, her wins in the turn back, the alarm, and the allowance race before that at Aqueduct would horrify this field or her efforts in both of those races. She won, she won one, she ran second and one. I mean, it, she just looks like she's way better than this field if she runs her race and what's up to Irad Ortiz to not get caught in about a, a three-ply uh, speed brigade up front. But I'm not sure Tizzy in the Sky has to have the lead. She just looks like she's best when she is up front. Bob and I both think she is the Amwager best bet in the Royal Delta tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. Want to remind everybody a huge addition of the Equine Forum tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Our good friend Mike Penna, the Baron of the Backstretch, uh, has a full slate in front of him. He talks to trainers Whit Beckman and Gary Shearer as they look ahead to Saturday stakes at the fairgrounds. Kevin Kirstein previews all of the graded stakes action in the Bayou. And National HBPA CEO Eric Hamelbeck, he's got seven initials for his title. National HBPA CEO uh, joins Mike to talk about (laughs) the claiming crown and returning to Churchill Downs. Plus, Ashley Anderson gives you three races to watch in this week's triple play. Kurt Becker takes you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. Dale Roman's Tim Wilkin tackle the sport's hottest topics on I Ask, They Answer, presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program, all on a monster edition of the Equine Forum tomorrow morning here on the network, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Sirius 162, XM207, online channel 999, or on our website, horseracingradio.net. Uh, Bob, it's an exciting week as far as the three-year-olds go this week. Of course, uh, big-time fillies and mares running at both fairgrounds and at Sunland Park. We've also got uh, a race on the Japan Road to the Kentucky Derby in the uh, Fukuru Stakes coming up uh, at, in Tokyo as well. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're really starting to get serious because uh, we're, we're into these win-in-your-in type races, Bob. The winner tomorrow of the Risen Star at Fairgrounds gets 50 Kentucky Derby qualifying points, which basically means the winner of tomorrow's race gets to run in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you know, the 50 is far and away enough points to get you into the starting gate the first Saturday of May. Yeah, no, whether they get them tomorrow or get them uh, later on the road, I think we'll see at least three or more horses that end up in the starting gate for the Kentucky Derby in the Risen Star. So pretty, pretty exciting renewal, definitely the focus of the weekend. And I, I, I always wonder if the result in tomorrow's race points-wise affects what 
the trainers and the owners of the of the winner are thinking you know are they thinking well right now we're planning to run in the risen star and then maybe in a few weeks run in the louisiana derby and then we'll come back around the kentucky derby or do they win the risen star and say well now you know we don't have to run in the louisiana derby we could run there if we want or we could train up to the kentucky derby or we could ship and run somewhere else a lot of different options if you get those 50 points tomorrow and uh we will find out shortly don't forget uh you also have Pool number four of the Kentucky Derby Future Book that's taking place now. It started today at noon. It goes till 6 p.m. on Sunday night. My guess is that the result of the Risen Star will have a major say in uh, who's actually favored in pool number four. That's going to wrap it up tonight on the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview for our producer, Lee Delapina, my co-host, Bob Nastanovich. I'm Bobby Newman. Have a great weekend at the track, everybody.